Oops. I've been struggling with my microphone, but almost there. Good morning, everyone. Hope you're doing well. It is good to be in church. I just have to find the right spot so there's no um, feedback. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. Well, um, it's good to be back. It's been a, a couple of Sundays of me uh, postponing my, my um, messages, and I'm here to share a message with you this morning. Before I do share a message, I do want to just say thank you to George for helping with the youth and just being amazing and leading the youth, and we have a lot of good things that are happening uh, since we've been fully back at church. Um, if you'd like to help uh, the youth, uh, we have different ways you can help. Um, they meet on Fridays, uh, and I know there's a lot of needs and a lot of things, but uh, if you'd like to help sponsor a youth to go to this conference that he was just mentioning, uh, it was, it, I, I believe it's $75 per youth, per, per single youth to go, and there is some, um, some of the kids that um, will not be able to go because of that, but if you have it on your heart that you'd like to sponsor a youth, please talk to George. He's going to be after, he's going to be uh, in a foyer after, after the service, and you can connect with him, and also you can ask questions about youth ministry and, and any of that stuff that you'd like to know more information on. Now, there's a little bit of a feedback. Is that me, or maybe it's just me? It's just me. It's just where I'm standing. Um, so, yeah, everything is going well. Cool. You guys are all looking good this morning. It's 25 degrees, and I'm so happy that we got some nice weather that's coming, finally coming our way. After all the storms, Pastor Ken and I, had a, we were at the funeral on Tuesday, and believe it or not, it was like the worst day they have a funeral. And it was like wind and blowing and snow, and we were outside, but God is good. And that is the title of my message this morning. Bad days, good God. Bad days, good God. Um, some of you that are sitting here this morning, you know that I've been through a lot. And uh, you know that um, there's been just a lot happening in the past couple weeks in my life personally. And uh, it's been a really hard time. So when people ask me, how are you doing, Pastor David? I, there's days when I'm not doing too good. I'm actually not doing good at all. But then I'm reminded of this truth that I just uh, said and named this sermon with. Is even though the ba bad days are here, and even though days are really bad and terrible, God is still good. God is still good. His faithfulness endures forever. He's a good God. And he has a plan. You know, um, I was reminded when I was, as I was going through this process of five, almost six months, uh, first with my dad and then with my aunt suddenly passing away, I was reminded how fragile and short our life is. And I was also reminded that um, this life that we have that has been given to us is filled with a lot of pain, disappointments, hurts. And if I can call it one way, is I'm going to call it casket experiences. Small or big, large or, or smaller, whether it's loss of a loved one, like in my case, uh, two people that I've lost in the past few weeks, uh, then uh, whether it's a loss of a relationship, a loss of a job, a loss of any kind of loss that we experience in our lifetime is a casket experience. 
And what I've realized in the past few months, really, and especially the last month that I've been going through this head on, um, I've realized that every one of those Catholic experiences that I've had are meant to bring me closer to God. And uh, the purpose of my pain was that I would, in my suffering, get closer to Jesus. And that's what I want to share with you this morning. Because, uh, <clears throat> you know, when this whole thing with COVID started way back when, two years ago, I think the anniversary was last man month, we were talking about COVID and all this stuff. And I remember even at that time, you know, I didn't really know a lot of people that had COVID. You know, we maybe knew one person out of, you know, everybody. And now two years later, I meet with people and talk to people. Everybody's had COVID. Everybody's gone through it. Everyone, uh, thankfully, this last wave was a very mild one. So a lot of people have just had cold. And that's actually what we had in the second wave. We were just cold and it was just a flu. But never in a million years that I would say that COVID is going to take someone that I love so much. My best friend. Friend of 35 years. Um, someone that knew me from the inside out, knew everything about me. My dad. And now when I look back and I say, wow, I would have never thought that my dad was. And when he, when he, when he, hits, when he hits, when it happens to you, you know, you hear stories. It happens to everybody else, you know. But when it happens to you personally, when, you, when, it, when it becomes personal, then really it becomes a reality. And it, and it just settles in. And you're like, did this just happen to me, to my family, to my dad? I was reminded of so many truths over the past few weeks that I want to share with you this morning. I was reminded of a message that I shared about uh, five years ago that I'm going to go through again in a different light, of, in a different uh, way. But there's a song that I was listening to as I was going through this whole process that really spoke to me. And it, goes, it comes from this verse, John 16, 33. You know, sometimes we think life is great and life is going to be filled with great experiences. So many great things are going to happen. But the reality is, this is what Jesus said, John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Take heart, I have overcome the world. Take heart, take heart. There was a song... Um, it was the first three months when my dad ended up being sick in a hospital that I was just listening to this song every single day of my life. And it really encouraged me. The song was from Hillsong United, Take Heart. It was like the original version of it back way back when. But that was just a song that would lift me up in my spirits. And I would just be singing these truths over my life. Take heart. Take heart. There's trouble. There's suffering. There's pain. Take heart. I'm here to tell you that the stories of pain are normal and our life is filled with a lot of bad days. <laughs> you know, when they tell you, when people tell you, you know, it, this is the worst that I've ever been, it's not, never been worse than that, and then how bad, how bad can this day get? And it becomes even worse. And then on the March 25th, when I found out my dad passed, that was, the, I would say, probably, a top, probably the worst day of my life. And when I look back now, Bad day, worst day, but God is still good. So what do we do when the bad days come? <laughs> I think out of seven days of the week, we probably have about two maybe good days. <laughs> if 
I want to be optimistic. Maybe one good day. It's like God worked hard really six, six, six days. He worked really hard, and he rested one day. So he had only really had one good day <laughs> out of seven days. And when that translates to us, I think in this life that we, we go through and we live in, I think we all experience pain, suffering, trouble. Like Jesus said, you will have trouble. And I think in one way or the other, we're all in some sort of trouble. <laughs> you know, when you say to someone, hey, you're, he's in trouble or she's in trouble, it usually refers to something else. When I mean trouble, I mean like we're going through some sort of pain, some sort of casket experience of a loss or um, a hard relationship or something that we're trying to work things through. So when we had those bad days, what are we to do? When we had bad days come at us, how, do, how are we to deal with them? And uh, <clears throat> I was reminded last Sunday when it was Easter, I was reminded how short of a period that, uh, that between um, Good Friday when Jesus was killed and, and Easter Sunday, there was one day that was really bad for everybody that was involved, and that was Saturday. It was silent. It was peaceful. It was confusing. It was a lot of questions. Apostles were probably going around asking questions. They all scattered. They were all in fear. What just happened to our Savior, to our teacher, to our master? And I'm not going to say Saturdays are bad days, but we can refer to Saturday as a bad day that we can have an experience in our life. So what do we do on our bad days? When people ask me now, how are you doing? I try to be truthful and honest. <laughs> and I just love uh, the other day I called Gary, who's sitting here in a service, and who was um, my aunt's partner. And when I called him, asked him how he's doing, he just responded. He said, terrible. I'm doing terrible. And you know, we are so used to telling people we're doing fine. We're okay. It's okay. It's fine. But there's days when it's not so fine, it's not so great, and it's not so amazing. So we can be honest, and we can say, imagine if we're walking around and people ask you, how are you doing? And you just say, I'm doing terrible. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm doing terrible. How are you doing? I'm doing terrible too. <laughs> okay, let's pray for each other then. You know? So this is the truth that I want to leave with you this morning. On the worst day of your life, on the bad day of your life, the Holy Spirit that lives in you will be your best friend. That's what I, was, that's what I learned. That's what I was reminded of. See, when Jesus was, uh, when he resurrected on Sunday and he was hanging out with the disciples for a couple of weeks and he decided to leave, he said, it's better for you to leave because I'm going to send a helper, Holy Spirit, that's going to be with you forever. I can only be with you for so long, and I can only be in one location at one time, but the Holy Spirit is going to be with you everywhere at all times. And that's why on, on the worst day of our life, on, on the baddest and the bad day of our life, the Holy Spirit is going to be our best friend, Jesus himself. How do we find healing for life's losses? It's a really messy thing. There's a lot of ups and downs, detours, zags, zigs and zags. It's a process. It's a long process. 
But I realized lately that without God's strength, the strength of the Holy Spirit, and without His presence, I wouldn't be able to go get through any bad day that I had in my life. There's so many stories in the scripture. We read all these great men of God and women of God going through great experiences and faith. They're full of faith and they're conquering and doing all these great things. But there's also a lot of stories of great men of God and women of God that have gone through a lot of pain and suffering. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Jesus, Paul, David, and on and on. Joseph. I was reminding of the story of Joseph when he was betrayed and thrown into prison and uh, betrayed by his brothers and betrayed by the people along the way. And at the end of it all, he came to a conclusion to say that, you know, everything that's happened to me was meant for evil, but God used it for good. And that's why I believe that every suffering experience and every casket experience should bring us closer to God. There's a story of David who's who I always relate to the most in the scripture. David, who was the singer, anointed man of God, who was actually anointed to be a king when he was young. But then what happened is Saul, who actually was the one who was pursuing him later, would call upon David to sing the songs of praise as the demonic spirit of depression rested on Saul. So as David would sing, the anointing would flow and the spirit would leave Saul. That was the gift that David had. And I can see myself as, as having a very similar gift of, of anointing when I sing. And there's, some, there's a lesson there for us. That when you are in the presence of God, anointing of God, there's nothing that can stand. There's no darkness that can prevail. And this, this boy David, you know, from conquering a lion and a bear and, and then Goliath and then becoming a king. Well, was anointed to be a king as a young boy, but then had to be in an exile for like 20 years. Had to run away from Saul because he wanted to kill him. And all the stuff that David has been through became a great warrior, great leader of a great uh, uh, country at that time, conquering nation after nation, doing so many great things. He was so beloved and so loved. And he had warriors that were with him. Everywhere he went, he would, he would, they would call him David and his men. And all of the men were probably as buff as I am right now. And they were probably strong and really just, when they would show up in the room, everybody just be, would be fearful of them. So this David had a lot of bad days too. And how do I know that? I look into the scripture and I start reading Psalms. If you start reading Psalms, you're going to realize really quickly that David had a lot of bad days and he was crying out his heart from the, probably every single day of his life. He was crying out and, and he was sorrowful and he was compl complaining in a good way. He was singing songs to God and praising and doing all kinds of different things. So this David had a lot of bad days. One of the bad days that he had was when he did something bad and then God decided for his firstborn to die. That was a hard day for him. For him, Really hard day. But then later on, there's another day that we're going to look at right now in 1 Samuel when he was out in a battle and he came back with his men and he realized that he just lost everything that was precious to him. So I'm going to read this story. I'm going to take a couple of lessons from this. And I want to encourage you this morning uh, with a couple of things that David did that we can also do when we fa face bad days in our lifetime that I really believe will be life-changing for us if we apply, apply these truths. So let's read this. First Samuel 30, this is what he says. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag 
on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, attacked Ziklag, and burned it with fire. They had taken captive the women and those who were there. From small to great, they did not kill anyone. But they carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there he was, burned with fire, and the wives, their sons, their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Then David said to to Abiathar, the priest, Ahimelech's son, please bring the ephod here to me. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue the troops, or shall I overtake them? And then the Lord answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fall recover all. There's a couple of really important points in the scripture I'm going to point out, a couple of truths that we can learn from, and that we can take home. And really try to apply to our life. When David showed up, he realized what happened. It was obviously in his heart. There was so much pain to realize what just happened. Probably had questions of why does this ha- why does this have to happen to me? Why do I have to go through this? Why did they take my my wives and my children? The realization of. Um, not having what he had this whole time and realizing the pain and, and the grievance that he had in his heart. The first thing that David did, and here's what he did, was he wept. He cried. He cried and he grieved. He cried so much. The Bible tells us he cried so much until he had no more strength to cry. In these past three weeks of my life, I don't think I've ever cried more than I have in this, these past three weeks. But I've also realized that tears that we have in us are God's gift to us to release the emotions out of us. With dependence upon God, he allowed the emotions of his heart to reflect his pain. And I've realized more and more in the past few weeks that it is completely okay to cry. It is actually healing to completely let things go out of your heart. I know that we live in a society and a culture where they usually try to tell us and rub it off and say, don't cry. Usually for men, men don't cry. You know, just suck it up. <laughs> you know, just don't, don't worry about, don't, don't, everything is going to be okay. Just don't cry, you know. We live in that kind of society where everything is, all, all the men, if you're, if you're manly enough, you're not going to cry. But that's far away from the truth. The emotions have been given to us by God, will be made in God's image to cry and to grieve. 
David set an example for all of the men that were there as a leader that it's okay to cry. It's okay to weep. So the first thing you do when trouble hits you so hard that it knocks the wind out of you and makes you feel that it must be the worst day of your life, just go ahead and weep and cry for all you can. That was his first response, weeping. Now, I can only imagine all these strong men of God, all the warriors, trying to suck it, suck it in and not let the emotions come out. But they all just wailed and cried until the strength was no more. You know what I've realized in the past few weeks? I realized that crying, what crying does, it empties us so that there is more room in our heart for God. When we cry, when we let the emotions come out of us, we actually make more room for God to move in. We see it with many, like I said, many great men. Lamenting is what they call it, crying. Uh, it, is, it is also in this process of crying, it is letting the emotions and, and yes, saying things like, God, I'm confused, I'm devastated. Why is this happening to me? God, I can't take this, I can't handle this pain. Why? Did you allow this to happen to me? Complaining in a good way is demonstrating your sufficiency upon God. And saying, God, I can't take this anymore. Just like David was writing in Psalms, I don't know why, I don't know how I'm going to handle this. God, give me the strength. I need you right now. So crying is healing. Crying is helpful. And it is okay to cry and let the emotions come out so that God can move in. The second thing that he did was a, was a big one. When after all the crying was done and when the reality settled in, what happened is they realized that someone's got to be at fault for this. Well, David was the one who took us out to, to, the, to the battle. So... We're going to just stone him. We're just going to get bitter, and we're just going to blame him for all of this. So he tells us here that all the soldiers got bitter, except David. And that's my second point. First thing you need to do is cry. Second is you do not get bitter. You don't get bitter. When we, have, when we hear, hear the bad news, when the tragedy strikes, when the loved one passes away, when the bad comes, the negative report comes, what we need to do is we need to ask God for the strength so that we're able to forgive and not get bitter. David was greatly distressed. It says here in the scripture, he was, he was so distressed, but he didn't allow bitterness to settle in his heart. So, he didn't hit him hard, but he didn't isolate himself and get bitter. You know what I've realized? When you're alone and bitter, the enemy attacks even harder and wants to take you down even, lo even lower until the enemy is going to use every opportunity to help us, to, to get us to get angry and bitter every time. 
But what David did here, he refused to get bitter. He, even though all the people around him were bitter, he didn't get bitter. And as a result, he was able to take the next step. See, what I realized, many people in this life get bitter about the things that happen to them. And as a result, they are unable to move forward in their lives. Each of us, no matter how full of, of pain and, 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 and how full of even faith as Christians, we will face hardships. Terrible events, death of a loved one, diagnosis, divorce, separation, all kinds of things. But then the question is going to remain. Are we going to get bitter about it? Or are we going to get better through this process? We can either get bitter or we can get better. We can either go away from God or we can get closer to God. I've seen a lot of people go through a lot of pain, blaming God for everything that's happened to them. And as a result of that, they walk away from God. But I also see the other side in my own life, when you go through hardships, when you get closer to God, and then God speaks to you and God gives you peace, and you go through this life and you realize that all I really need in this life is God and his presence. So the soldiers wanted to stone David. They've been faithful to him for so many years. They did, they did so many victories together. They did such amazing work together with David, and then they decided to blame David. There was nobody else to blame except David. Like I said, people sometimes start blaming God, start blaming people, shifting bitterness from one to another. But no, what I've realized, because the trouble is a part of our life, Bad things will come, bad days will come, but that doesn't mean that God is not good. It doesn't mean that God is not faithful. That doesn't mean that God is not working. And everything is going to flow out of this, which takes David to the next step, which is what he did. He didn't get bitter, and he, the third step that he did, the third thing that he did, he strengthened and he encouraged himself in the Lord. And really, the true of, of knowing that God is with us at all times, we know the Holy Spirit is with us always. We believe that as Christians. That's why Jesus had to leave. But what this really means is embracing the closeness of God. Embracing the goodness of God. Embracing the love of God. Embracing the promises of God in our life. Embracing what God thinks of me encouraging yourself knowing that in the midst of uncertainty God's word is certain his promises still stand his faithfulness endures forever and I really believe that some of David's best psalms and best things that he's ever written best best songs have come out of this process where he had encouraged himself in the Lord took his harp and just went to a solitary place and started singing and started writing lyrics. Psalm 34 came to my mind. I was going through this. My soul shall make its boast, uh, will make boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear 
and be glad. Magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name. I sought the Lord in my deepest pain. He heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. I really believe that this one, encouraging yourself in the Lord, is the key turning point. It is a point where really your deepest hurt, the hurt or pain of your heart and soul gets resolved when you encourage yourself in the presence of the Almighty, of the Creator, the one who knows you and loves you the most. When he hurts so bad that your soul hurts and you don't even have anyone around you, it doesn't matter what people say anymore. What matters is what God says. And what God speaks. And when you encourage yourself in the Lord, those words that God speaks to you in those moments are the words that are life-changing. Reality is I've realized that a lot of people don't really know how to encourage themselves in the Lord. They don't know what that means. They don't know how that looks, what that looks like. For me, personally, what that looks like is I just get, I pick the best worship song that's speaking to me at that moment, and I just listen to it over and over until it, the truths of those lyrics settle in my heart. And then I, I read the scripture, I, I encourage myself in the scripture, and I just spend the time in the presence of God. Sometimes I need people around me, and that's good too. But that's the way I encourage myself in the Lord. And that is the way that you encourage yourself in the Lord as well. So after we encourage ourselves in the Lord, the fourth step that David did is a crucial one. Because this gave him a direction, a vision to move forward. And this is what he did. He inquired of the Lord. He went straight to God. He didn't go around. He went straight to God to get the word from God. For us, it simply means, it may simply be this. Opening the Bible and letting and soaking yourself in the Bible, in the word of God. When we're down and struggling and going through a really hard time, sometimes we don't realize it. And many people don't know this, but David reveals it in this amazing step. Just have a conversation with God. Just listen to God's voice. Listen to what he wants to tell you. Listen to what he's speaking. In our, in our deepest pain, our deepest suffering, do we ask a question, God, what is it that you're trying to tell me right now? What is it that you're working? What is it that you're speaking? What is it that you're trying to teach me in this moment? We often don't do that naturally. We don't, that's not something that we do. But when you have a conversation with God, you're honest with God. You say, God, what is it that you're trying to teach me? What is it that I, why do I have to go through this, God? When you inquire of the Lord, when you spend time with God, God will speak to you. He will show himself to you. He will show you the way that you should take. David inquired of the Lord and he said, God, what should I do? What, what should I do? Should I go pursue? Should I go, should I take a step? Simply because he did that, God showed him. And he went ahead and he restored everything back to the way things were. So, there's a truth in Jeremiah 29, 12. He says, whoever seeks God earnestly, deep down in their heart, that God will reveal himself to them. So if you truly seek, God will speak to you. 
He promises to guide us. He promises to teach us, instruct us in the way that we should go in Psalm 32, 8. And um, God speaks to us through his word. It's just the question is, the question is only, are we listening to what God is speaking to us? David was a worshiper. So that's why I'm going to end with this fifth thing that I believe is so crucial. And we've talked about it here many times. But the fifth thing that David, I believe, kept on doing and doesn't say here in the text is worship. Just keep on worshiping. Praise God when times are great and good. And praise God when times are bad and not so good. Just worship. Because you know what I've realized over the past few weeks? When I worship, when I'm genuinely in the presence of God, worshiping with all of my heart, I do not worry. I do not have time to worry. I do not have time to think about negative stuff and all the things that are happening around me. When I'm focusing my eyes, when I'm focusing my eyes on, on, on the cross, it's like things just dissolve and lift off. When we worship, we set our eyes on the things above. Because God's higher plans are in all of this. God is working all things for good. All things for good to those that love him. Worshiping is finding God even when you don't find the answers. That's what worship is. God, I don't, know, I don't have all the answers. I don't know the answers. I don't, I don't know why this and why that. But God, in this moment, I want to find you because you're all that I need. So worship is walking with God in the dark and having him as the light to our soul. That's what worship is. How can I worship, you may ask? I have so much pain in my heart. I physically... I've experienced pain in my heart, like over the past few weeks with all that's been happening, I physically feel like a pressing on my heart, like pain in my heart physically with so much pain that I've had. But you know what I've realized? I can worship and I can give that pain to God because I know what Jesus has done for me on the cross. I know what I know the end of the story. I know how this all ends. I know that Jesus has provided victory for us. And I know that Jesus has promised that he's going to be with me. I know that I can worship because in the midst of my pain, I can let go of the control. And I can say, you know what, I, I'm not in control. And I've realized that you know, over the past five months. I've realized there comes a point in your life where you realize, I don't have a control. There's nothing I can do anymore. This is all in God's hands. He's the life giver. He's the one who gives us gives me life every single day. So what else do I have to do except worship? When Job was going through a really hard time, we, he asked God, why me? And then God answered him, well, did you create everything? Did you think of all this? Are you God? We know how this ends. So that's why on the worst day of our life, and when we have bad days, the Holy Spirit in you will be your best friend. You see, because David sought the Lord, things went in a good direction. But I, I, I came to a conclusion, if David didn't pursue these steps that he did, what if David got bitter? 
and angry? What if David uh, didn't encourage himself in the Lord? What if David did not talk to God about the next steps? <laughs> Things would have probably had a completely different outcome. Everyone in the camp, even the complainers, and those the, one, the ones that got bitter, they were recipients of the restored blessing because David took the time to find strength in God. He took the time to, to seek God. So what you need to do is you need to find your strength. Whatever it is, singing the songs of worship, praise in the midst of adversity, spending time, quiet time with God, listening to God's voice, leading you, speaking to you, reading the messages, the, the, the inspirations, the counting your blessings, so many things that we can do to encourage ourselves in the Lord. You know, what I've realized that every situation that we go through and experience in our life is in God's hands. Your situation is in God's hands. My situation is in God's hands. He knows what you've lost. He knows what you, what you, uh, what's been wrongfully done to you. He knows what you seek to gain. He knows your heart. He knows your emotions. He knows your pain. And he knows what you need. What you need to do is you need to let him guide you and let him be your light. In, in the past few weeks, the word of God has really been a medicine for my soul. And I wanted to encourage you with a few, few verses that really spoke to me. But um, I want to encourage you as well that the greatest medicine for your soul is going to be the word of God. I know that may seem too, uh, too obvious, but really that is the biggest truth. The greatest medicine for your soul is always going to be the word of God because his words heal us and delivers us from our fears. His word is a light to our path forward. His word is totally sufficient to all of our life experiences, for every experience. Psalm 55, 22, cast your burdens on the Lord and He will sustain you. He will never per permit the righteous to be moved. Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff will comfort me. Psalm 9:9, the Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in the times of trouble. And those who know your name put, your, put their trust in you, for you, God, have not forsaken those who seek you. Isaiah 41, fear not, for I'm with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. And here's one more. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in a dread. For it is the Lord, your God, who gives you strength, who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. As you stand this morning, I want to pray for you. And I want this to, to be sort of like a, a prayer of, of surrender to God. Where you say, you know what? 
you may not be experiencing the same pain that I'm in or, or other people in this room, but we all have our casket experiences. And I, I just want to encourage you. It's okay to cry. It's okay to look to God. It's okay to encourage yourself in God. It's okay to seek God in your darkest moments. It's okay to worship in the midst of all the pain and suffering. Because out of that, you will gain new strength. You will gain, you will gain God, more of God in your life. And that's what I've realized so much more in the past few weeks than ever before. More of God in my life is less of pain and suffering. More of God in your life is less of pain and suffering. God, truly, Jesus, is the answer to all of our deepest problems, all of our deepest pains. So Jesus, this morning, we come before you, and we know that you are God who hears us. You know that you are God who loves us. We know that you are God who has a plan. We know that you are God who takes all things all experiences, all suffering, and all pain, and you turn it into something beautiful. We're all broken. Without you, we are nothing. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence in us. We pray that you would come, and we want to surrender all of our fears to you. We want to surrender all of our lives to you, Jesus. We want you to come in. We want you to just, uh, to just, Fill us afresh with your presence and your power, God. May we be reminded of all the truths in your word, which is the medicine for our soul. It is the healing to our broken heart. Jesus, heal the hearts of people in this room. Heal the hearts of everyone that's been broken, disappointed. An enemy you have no right in Jesus' name to come and discourage. It is the presence of God that sets us free from all of our fears. And when the bad, day, bad days come, we will stand up with faith and rise up and we will trust in you, Jesus. With all that we are, we will look to you, to the cross, and we will gain your strength, your strength in us, not by our strength, by our power, but it is by the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in us. So we affirm that this morning. We pray for that this morning. And we want to walk in that from this moment on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. I'll see you tonight in Protection Service if you're coming. If not, we'll see you next Sunday. Have a wonderful Sunday.